Hello and welcome to another episode of I just started doing laundry so you can hear it in the background. Um, welcome to Awkward Grad. My name is Sam. I, as I said already, um, I'm doing laundry so um, congratulations to me. But um, yeah, you can hear it. I love that. Um, I just started it and then I was like, I'm being productive. And I sat down to record this and I was like, oh God. It is in the background now and you know what I'm just gonna call this some ambient music and it's just gonna help you really lull into the sound of my voice um, and if that's not the case then I apologize but also it's just it's called life everyone it's called life so today we're talking about money because I got paid today and I was inspired by real-life events um, I recently created my first budget. It's pretty embarrassing, but I have started really becoming very diligent about tracking my money because I had none and I, it's weird how when I had like a comfortable income, I didn't really track much of anything because I was just like live and let live. I was like, I was young, wild and free. And then as soon as I sort of lost most of my money because I broke up with that client, I was like, actually maybe i should look into this maybe spending two hundred dollars every time i go to the grocery store is not a practical way to live my life and you know what i may be onto something so we're talking about tracking your income when you work online whether you freelance or you blog or you sell ebay products or you talk to men and give them pictures of your feet like i don't know what you do but if you're making money online you should be tracking your income. And I guess I should be clear in that I have always tracked my income. It's just that I haven't like actually updated it until I needed to. So in the past, I would usually just track my income in when I had to pay quarterly taxes. Oop. And I was always just like, I hope I have enough, but it's always worked out. So I didn't really have a, any kind of pressing reason. But now that I've actually been really closely tracking my income, it has occurred to me that I should have been doing this the whole time because now I feel like I know what's going on and I'm not just living in a scary vacuum. So that's a fun fact. And I learned today that only 30% of people have a long-term financial plan and I am not one of them because my only long-term financial plan is to be financially comfortable because I live so much of my life where I wasn't financially comfortable that just like the idea of financial stability is like, wow, I've made it. Like that's really my only goal. But I guess in saying long-term financial plan, what we mean is that everyone should have goals, should have some kind of savings and some kind of retirement plan. And I do have goals and I do have savings and I do have a retirement plan that I just have not started yet. So um, that's great. But I also saw this really crazy statistic on Forbes and I don't know if they were lying, but it seems sketch. Who? I was trying to say sketchy and then fishy at the same time and I almost said something very strange. But anyway, the quote was that only 60% of freelancers in this survey actually, it said deal with their taxes annually. I don't even know what deal with your, how do you deal with your taxes? But okay, um, I don't know if that means that 60% of them pay taxes and the other 40% are just like diddle daddling around. And then it said that 20% never reported and I'm confused by this. But I don't know if maybe they mean they didn't earn enough. Like you need to reach a certain threshold where the IRS cares about your income, but you should still be reporting it. 
I, I'm confused. Your girl is confused. But okay, so think about that. Try to tell me what that means. If you know what deal with means, let me know. But I guess what I'm saying is that a lot of freelancers are, or soon to be freelancers or aspiring freelancers or people who work online don't really know what to do when it comes to their taxes, in which case I tell you to listen to my episode on taxes because I don't know if you knew this, but I'm a, a certified financial planner. Um, no, I'm not. I Please don't. please don't take this as financial advice. I have a lot of experience writing about finance and I spent a lot of time learning how to do finance because I'm too cheap to pay someone to do my taxes for me. So I do mine myself and your girl has never been audited. So I think that's as big of a glowing review as you can get. So amazing. Um, But anyway, um, also on Forbes, I saw that the delays in calculating your deductions deductions or just like failing at basic bookkeeping um, lead to the average freelancer missing on an average of $5,000 worth of deductions for an income of about $50,000 a year, which is pretty crazy because I've never had $5,000 worth of deductions. I do. Ooh, I'm good at finding those deductions though. I, I do not consider myself in this. I am a deductions master, but it all comes back to just like properly bookkeeping and bookkeeping is scary because as a freelancer it's not the same as like if you had a regular day job where you can just be like send me my pay stub y'all but you can't do that because first of all nobody's taking out that money for your taxes it's just coming to you I hope you know that you have to take your taxes out because if you don't and you don't prepare woo, life is life is not good and then a lot of people like myself um, smartly or, or not so smartly keep their business and their personal finances together I sort of do this, but I sort of don't because I have a separate um, account for my taxes that is not the same as my actual bank account. So I guess I'm not this person. But I mean, the idea that you're paying for business expenses on the same account that you pay for personal expenses, like it gets confusing. And then also getting paid is hard work. Like sometimes you have to really chase payments. You have to create invoices and you're responsible for them alone. Money comes in at like random times, like it's not predictable. You can't rely on being like, I get paid X number per hour and every month I work 50 million hours. Like this isn't just, it's not going to be consistent. So you might have some months where you make a lot and you're going to have some months where you make nothing or barely anything. And so it's just not predictable in the same way that a real job is. Real job, quote unquote, you know what I mean. But the good news is you don't need like a fancy tool. You don't need a tracker. You don't need to pay QuickBooks. You don't need to pay TurboTax. You don't need to pay that guy down the street who says he can do your bookkeeping. You can just do it yourself. I believe in you and you can do it. So here's what I do. And I'm, as you know, an expert. So first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm a hoe for PayPal. PayPal is where it's at. So PayPal, first of all, does it all. It does your invoices. They look really professional. You can customize them with your logo on them and your P.O. box and your clients will be like, this girl ain't fooling me. She's the real deal. You can also track all your expenses. This is what I used to use PayPal for when I was just using it for tax season. Because if you go to PayPal and you go to like incoming and outgoing money, it like really, really clearly will help you organize like your expenses and your income. And that is great. But the key here is to try to stick to just 
one. So don't use PayPal for one thing and then send your invoice in the mail and then send it through some other third party and then send it through an Excel spreadsheet and then handwrite it on a post-it note, like be consistent. So if you're using invoicing software, just stick to one. So I'd recommend PayPal because it's free. It does take out a small percentage. I just calculate that into my rate and just eat the cost because I just don't care enough. But in theory, you could charge more or you could do whatever, but like, PayPal is generally a, a trusted one, so I would recommend them. Um, it also has a great mobile app, so 10 out of 10 for PayPal. Um, just try to be consistent, because it's really, I have some clients who insist on being paid through like, or not me paying them, them paying me through like their own third-party service or whoever they use for like their invoicing or their money, I don't care. That happens occasionally, and it's sort of annoying because there's no way to see it all in one place. So you have to be like, okay, I guess I have to physically log on to this other thing, like what an inconvenience. So I would try to avoid that. I also use Google Drive and I use Google Drive to keep track of my expenses because it's technically not legal to just say that you to just say that you were charged for something but basically if if you like pay for a business expense like let's say I bought a new microphone and I have a physical receipt like I'm supposed to like actually have that receipt I can't just like be like, yes, I bought it because I said so. And I mean, there's a lot of ways to obviously track this, like through your credit card or I don't know, wherever you bought it. Surely there's some kind of record of this. But in theory, you're supposed to keep your receipts. So because keeping receipts like physically is really annoying, I would really recommend just taking a picture on your phone and putting it in a Google Drive folder. I know, life hack. So I do that mostly. I don't usually have in-person physical receipts very often, but when I do, I save them there. And if you get a receipt like through email like if you're buying something digital like a service or a subscription I also will take like a screenshot and then I will save it in the Google Drive folder it's just easy I've never been asked by the IRS and I hopefully never will but if I am I am ready so fun fact and the last thing that I use is also free. It's called Google Sheets. So I love Google Sheets. You can also use Excel, but I like Google Sheets because I feel like it's mobile friendly, like more so than Excel is. And I have it everywhere, so I like that. Um, but it's great because that's basically the spreadsheet I use to just track all my client income. And then also I calculate my tax payment in there as well. I keep my tax payment in a separate one, but I have because I have one giant spreadsheet where I include my income my personal expenses and my business expenses but it, it works for me but like you can just do your business side and that's great so having it there I can see month to month comparatively where I can sort of start to see trends so I can see that I'm either like doing well or I earned more last month but now not so much so like maybe I need to be a little more careful about saving next month because your girl needs to eat but those kinds of things. So it's really been helpful for me to just have it all listed in one place. And then when I spend money on the go or I randomly get a payment like in the middle of Target, I can actually open it on my phone and just type it in and, and boop, boop, bop, it's all good. So <laughs> it's also great because Google Sheets can do like calculations. So that's how I estimate my taxes through there because I put aside roughly 15%. I save more than that usually, but that's like my baseline. Um, because usually for my income bracket and then the state of Florida doesn't have state income. So thank God for that. So I mean state income tax. So I don't have to save extra. But if your state does, then you would. Or if your city does, whatever. Mine doesn't. So I just pay federal and social security and all of that. So that helps me. And then 
as soon as I get the income, I can immediately see like how much that month I need to have set aside for taxes, which I can compare with my actual tax like money and be like, okay, this is where we're at. Like I see it now. So that's what I do. That's what works for me. So once you've actually calculated like your monthly income, what can you do? What happens now? So for me, that meant it was time to start budgeting my expenses. Like I have a lot of business expenses, a lot of business tools, and I was worried that I was overspending on them because I have some that I use a little bit, but like I don't need to. It's more of a luxury for me, like a an automation tool or whatever like that I use occasionally and it really makes my life easier in the moment but like I don't need it so I was my main goal was to see like do I really need this can I afford to keep this and I was able to be a positive experience where I realized I could afford it it wasn't way less of a percentage than I thought it was and then it was an actually worthwhile thing to keep with me because as of right now like I can afford it and I if it makes my life easier I should keep it so things like that um, budgeting your business expenses like you don't always know just day to day like what is worth it and how much you can afford to pay ongoing like one of the things I recently had to cut back on was MailChimp I love MailChimp it's an email automator but I had a lot of subscribers like 4,000 I've been collecting them since I first started my blog and the issue was that I would say 75% of those had signed up way early in my blog were no longer interested in my content they were from the college days when I was blogging about college. I don't blog about that anymore. They hadn't opened an email in two years, like that kind of thing. And I started sending more campaigns to sort of weed out who was not responding. And I just dumped them. I dumped them all because at the end of the day, like I didn't want to pay for an email list that, that wasn't um, actually practical. So I was paying over $60 a month for that. And it was really expensive. And I just couldn't see the point of paying for subscribers who weren't going to open my content. Like what the, what the heck is that? So I deleted them and it's cheaper now and I'm happy about that. So <laughs> that's something that I probably wouldn't have thought to do if I hadn't like been faced with the fact that that is so expensive and how it's really cutting into my monthly budget. And is it worth it? No. So that's fun. And then from there, you can start to decide where you should be spending your most time. So in my personal rule book, you should spend 80% of your time on the things that make you the most money. And then you can spend 20% of your time on everything else. So <laughs> that rings true in my life. For me, that means spending more time on client work. And I really honed in on which clients were bringing me the most money. And those are the ones I care about the most. <laughs> And I think that's probably true for everyone, but you'll start to see like maybe some clients aren't really adding up or they're, they're not really translating to the big income. You might realize you don't really need to keep them on or you might realize like you'll just spend less time on them, whatever. But for me, that just basically meant that uh, my blogs aren't bringing me the biggest percentage of my money. They bring me some money and actually one of my blogs just got approved from Mediavine, so I'm about to get more. So that's great. But at the moment, like my client work is bringing in 70% of my income. So like I'm going to clearly spend the majority of my time there. And then any free time I have after that will go to blogging. And that's fine. That works for me. And <laughs> that helped me really see that in clarity and perspective. Thanks to my beautiful new spreadsheet and that's fun. So also it's great for creating goals. Y'all know I suck at that. Um, but I really have a lot of money goals. I don't really have personal goals, but I have money goals. Um, of, for me, that meant like surpassing the income I had with the client I ditched in July. So I'm almost there. 
congratulations to me. But um, being able to see that progress over time is a big motivator. It makes me so much more excited to get work done. Like literally today, sitting down, filling it out. I had already passed my, my income from last month and we're like a week into this month. So it looks good. And I was really excited and that just made me so motivated to work for the day. And I was just like, wow. I am, I am going to pay off one of my credit cards. So that was exciting. And that's not something you would really pay that much attention to if you're just letting invoices come at you whenever they do and not really looking at them critically. But last but not least, having all this set up helps you really prepare for taxes and taxes used to give me so much stress and anxiety and they do not anymore because I am a tax guru. But, but, but honestly, they really don't scare me anymore because I can see so clearly how much I owe and I can prepare and it's that simple. So like for me, that usually means I put aside that income every single month. It's no, it never goes to my bank account and that is just there for taxes and it makes it so much less stressful. But having it all written out there is going to make my tax season so much easier and I don't have to do the fun tradition every four months of sitting there for literally months literally for like it's like an it's a it's a day I sit there for like two hours and I go through all my expenses and all my income and I just like calculate it out and then I have to do the whole spiel so like I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore so that's exciting and <laughs> that's called progress so that's how I manage my money and my income as a freelancer and a blogger and I hope that you all could glean something valuable from this but the biggest takeaway is just to find a strategy that works for you if you go to samanthability.com I will be publishing my own income tracking spreadsheet this week and it's basically the exact same one I use so if you wanted to see what that was you can see it it should be out on Friday and you should be tracking your own income. If you don't just track it for yourself, track it for your taxes. So it all comes back to that. But if you haven't listened to my taxes episode, I 10 out of 10 recommend it because taxes are really confusing when you have to pay for them yourself. But I think I really presented it in a pretty simple way because I've been doing this a while. And I also write for a lot of investment and finance and tax blogs. So I feel like I have more perspective than like the average person. I don't know. I'm way selling this. I don't know why. Anyway, that's it for today. Hope you guys have a productive week and I will see you later. Thank you.